Welcome to Mind Your Mind. Mind Your Mind podcast is for busy people like you who want to enjoy life and free up their time and emotional space by learning valuable tools for self-care and mindfulness. Our weekly topics are filled with compelling discussions and practical solutions to increase your productivity and healthy living. I'm your host, Joseph Tropper, and I'm honored to have you here with me today. Hello and welcome to episode 25, Five Ways to Get Your Loved One to Seek Help. And you might be surprised that a lot of my focus today is actually going to be on you. Well, uh, the truth is it's not surprising at all because when you're dealing with a loved one who needs help, which unfortunately all of us know, in my office I see so much battle fatigue and so many problems that people get because they're trying to do all the work for their loved one who's ill or the loved one who has a problem. And that actually ends up expiring and taking away a lot of your own power. So I'm going to give you five steps to take care of yourself while also trying to advocate for the best of your loved one. Let's start with a quote from Christopher Germer, who I think really sets the tone for what I'm going to talk about today. He says, self-compassion is simply giving the same kindness to ourselves that we would give to others. Now, there's two parts here. One of them is the focus of yourself, taking care of yourself, which is so important because if you just escape and live your life for others and start ignoring yourself, then you're going to find yourself very frustrated and not getting your needs met. And that's really not going to work very well, A, for yourself, and B, for the objective of actually trying to help your loved one, you're not going to be very successful. Um, And the second part is that it still maintains the kindness that you have within, which you will now be able to focus on someone else once you're advocating and taking care of your own needs as well. Uh, There are two books that I think are really helpful, and a lot of my work is based on this. Uh, The first book is called I Am Not Sick, I Don't Need Help, How to Help Someone with Mental Illness Accept Treatment. And that's by uh, Dr. Xavier Amador, and he's a world-famous author on this topic. He himself has a mental illness, which he writes about in his book, which is for a different time. But his brother had schizophrenia, and um, he just made a very conscious decision that instead of fighting with his brother and hating his brother, that he would love his brother and try his best to help him. And he developed what he calls the LEAP system, which uh, we'll talk about at the end. The second book is written by a psychiatrist whom I know and have worked with in Baltimore. His name is Dr. Mark Comrade, and the book is called You Need Help, a step-by-step plan to convince a loved one to get counseling. Check that out. You might find that helpful, and again, some of the ideas here are uh, taken from that. But the basic approach is something that I've found from my experience. So let's go through the five things, and uh, let's try to help someone. Number one, do your part to improve the relationship. You're trying to help a loved one seek help. Uh, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a sibling, um, or maybe it's a close friend or other loved one, aunt, uncle, cousin. We all have people that need different amounts of help. So the first thing is that, uh, no, you could never uh, take responsibility for their problems. No, you didn't cause their problems. No, you can't cure them. And no, no, you can't control them. Three C's, right? You didn't cause their problems. You can't cure them. And you can't control what they do. And ultimately, you need to understand that they're going to make their choice. Um, And no, you can't change everything that they're complaining about you. See, when people, when our loved ones have problems, they often lash out uh, against the people that are closest to them. I see this a lot with autistic children whom parents come to seek help. Autistic, especially those on the uh, spectrum, uh, especially those with Asperger's syndrome, have a very uh, large tendency of isolating themselves, but also attacking the most dear and loved caretaker that they have um, because that's their only way of expressing themselves. So this happens. A lot of mental illnesses and problems, uh, depression, anxiety, personality disorders, severe mental disorders, uh, bipolar, schizophrenia, other things often fall on the burden of the family to deal with. And so 
no, I'm not telling you, but you need to improve everything about the relationship because you can't, or that you need to take responsibility for all the problems. And that at that point, maybe you'll convince them. I think it's actually the opposite. Doing that is never going to get them help because there's always going to be another excuse why you're imperfect, why the world around them is imperfect. But in the process of trying to get them help, you might feel yourself frustrated and you might start getting more snappy or nasty or hurtful towards them. So make sure you're holding yourself accountable to always improve your part of the relationship while still also maintaining an awareness that they, they're the ones that have a specific problem that you're trying to help. And uh, I think you'll be able to advocate a lot better when you do your part to improve the relationship. Number two, find what motivates them. People come in here and they complain and they say, I can't, I can't, I can't. They're not going to listen. They won't do it. Uh, you might be right, and unfortunately, it might be true because you can't control them, like like I've said. But sometimes, if you take a step back and start thinking about it, instead of the resistance, I know uh, with all the flooding going on in the United States, I've seen a lot of people who say, well, I can't get my aunt to leave Miami, or I can't get my brother to get out of Texas in the area that they're at. Well, maybe they're not willing to. Maybe they're not willing to listen. So you're right. Maybe you can't. Um, but perhaps you could speak their language. It doesn't mean they're going to change their mind, but figure out what are their motivations? Why are they not leaving? Figure out uh, common ground between them. And for a mental illness, it's the same thing. Figure out what motivates this person normally. What help, What what makes them tick? What does help us get on the same page? When you focus on what motivates them, you might be able to achieve some movement. Number three, don't criticize, blame, or pathologize. It's not your job, even if you're the world's greatest expert on that issue. Like you're a doctor who only treats depression and you think that someone in your family has that uh, you know, problem. That's not the way that you're going to get to them generally by criticizing them, blaming them, or pathologizing them. Um, find the areas that um, will help them understand that you care about them or that you have concerns about them. You know, you haven't been to work in a month and you're sitting in your house in, in your bedroom all day, and I'm just really worried about you. I'm really concerned about your well-being. Um, you know, I've noticed a change in these in these areas. Um, now, one of the complications of helping loved ones is that. Part of the, you know, everyone lives in a certain amount of denial and thinking that they are perfect or that they don't have what to work on. Everyone lives with that. Um, but sometimes with certain men mental illnesses, especially schizophrenia, people have no clue what's wrong with them whatsoever. They have mental blindsight where they, someone could be staring them in the face and they have no idea. A lot of schizophrenics describe, I don't know why I'm in the hospital. I don't know what I did wrong. I don't know what the problem is. For example, let's say all of a sudden the door would burst open and people would arrest you and throw you into a loony bin right now, while you're listening to this recording, uh, you would probably be taken aback and think to yourself, what the hell is going on? What did I do? What's going on? Well, that's how a lot of schizophrenics, that's how people with personality disorders feel. They have no idea what's going on often. So we have to be really gentle in how we communicate with them. Uh, you know, I'm really concerned for you, for your sleeping habits, for your eating habits, for your, for this behavior that I was seeing. Be careful though, not to criticize, blame, or pathologize. Number four, find areas to agree on. It's really important to get out of this mentality of fighting. And I'm going to bring in the LEAP acronym from Dr. Xavier Amador. So LEAP stands for Listen, Empathize, Agree, and Partner. And very, very briefly, it's the whole purpose of his book. But um, listen means to really validate this other person. We, sometimes we're afraid that if we don't call them out or, or, or show them the, the, the uh, falsity of what they're thinking, that we're, that we're just approving of what they're saying and, and, and encouraging them. It's not true. Just listen to them. Empathize is show them empathy. I definitely understand how hard it is to feel that way and to think that way. Agree. This one is actually agree to disagree. Okay, you know, hey, you might have a different opinion. I might be wrong, but, you know, here's how I see it. And I can respect how you see it. And I'm asking for you to respect how I see it. And the last thing is partner. Partner on the things that you can agree on. You know, hey, we all agree that 
every once in a while you blow up. Let's deal with that problem. And finally, the last one, and again, I think this might be the most important, is get your own support for acceptance. Because ultimately, um, you know, I like to say you could bring a horse to the river, but if you push him in, he'll drown. You can't force your loved one to get help. You could decide how much you are enabling them and how much you need to take a break from them or distance yourself from their dysfunction in, in whatever way. Sometimes you can. Sometimes it's very difficult to do that um, when it's a child or if it's a spouse and you are choosing to stay in the marriage or uh, you know a parent who you would like to have a relationship with. These are difficult things. Um, but sometimes it's a coworker or a, a more distant relative and you can choose. But get your own support so that A, you don't disappear into the process, into the problem, and B, so that you could still uh, stay on top of your game and hopefully get them help. What I've seen over the years is that people that come in, they often are very, very diehard. You know, this one, need, this person in my family needs to get help. And uh, I never deny that. And I never, uh, you know, of course, I validate that. But what I try to teach people is that you need to help yourself first. And when you start helping yourself, then that will help you become a little bit more resourceful. And hopefully the situation will get better and better. Thank you so much for listening. And best of luck on your journey. It's not an easy situation at all. But take care of yourself. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to mind your mind. For more practical ideas and to make sure you never miss an episode, visit us at mindyourmindonline.com.